0: We are a church that celebrates God, His favor, His faithfulness, His goodness. And you know, it's okay to have fun at church. My parents used to tell us as kids, church should be exciting, not enduring. Church should be enjoyable, not feeling this, you know, drudge to endure it. Church shouldn't feel like a funeral. It should feel like a wedding, a celebration. We're not going to get to heaven crossing our arms saying I ain't dancing. I was reading in Revelation chapter 4 this last week and the worship in heaven is wild. I mean they are having a dance party up there. The angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. The angels get excited when just one good play goes well. I don't know if you've ever been to a football game where people don't cheer at all and then gone to another game where people are cheering after every first down, every play. We have a God who celebrates all along the journey, all along the way. And, 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 you know, it's interesting because sometimes we can get super, you know, religious and cross our arms and say, what are they doing? Why are they dancing like that? You know, kids loved being around Jesus in the Bible. There's something to think about that. It means that Jesus was a guy who was fun to be around. Jesus hung out with his disciples on the lake. He had fun with his guys. He pulled them away to get rest. He said, we're gonna celebrate this journey. This is gonna be a ride of your life. This has gotta be fun. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So make sure you have fun along the way. But you know, I think about how these boys and girls would go to Jesus. Kids are honest. They're gonna go to the person that's the most fun. They don't always hang around the people that are sour grape faces, you know. There's a little thing that's floating down there right now. Anyways, if kids had a choice to hang out with me or John, they'd probably pick John. He's a little bit more goofy and fun and crazy. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get a little bit more fun. But we as a church, we shouldn't be sour-faced, religious- All caught up, stiff-necked Christians. We got to be celebratory. We got to get excited about Jesus, about his resurrection power. God, you're good. You're worthy of praise. Paul and Silas, they learned to sing songs even in jail. Maybe you came here this morning. You're going through a difficult season. Don't let the devil steal your song. Don't let him steal your joy. It's a choice to rejoice every day. And we got to choose to override our feelings. We're going to do a confession here right now. and Some people have asked, Paul, why did you start doing this confession? This confession came in my heart about three years ago during one of the most difficult seasons of my life. And, and I was struggling with just fear, struggling with insecurity, struggling with some just depression, to be honest with you. I just I, I, I was feeling all kinds of feelings, sadness. And I was driving up to the church and God said, Paul, what are you going to do? Are you going to soak in your sadness or are you going to choose to rejoice? And I stood up that Saturday night and I said a confession that I made up on the moment. I I didn't write it down. I just came up and said it. And it's so stuck inside me. It was a confession of faith. See, fear and faith both ask the same question. To believe in something that hasn't happened yet. Fear says believe it's going to get worse and worse. Believe it's going to decrease and decrease. Faith says, No, we're going from glory to glory, increase to increase, faith to faith, strength to strength. God's got something good for me today and tomorrow. I'm expecting a miracle. And God said, You've got to start saying that confession every week because it's a confession of faith. So we're going to say it this morning, and who knows, maybe we'll say it every Sunday morning for the next however many years until Jesus comes back. But let's say this together and let's say it like we mean it. I'm here on purpose. Because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive. Because God is not finished with me yet. And my best days, and victory's best days, are right in front of us. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Because Jesus lives in me because jesus lives it come on let's celebrate jesus is alive god's not dead wow i love this church i love the spirit of victory in this church it's jesus it is jesus last week was such a powerful encouraging moment on sunday night the transition service you know It was such an honor to be prayed for by President Billy Wilson of Oral Roberts University. It was an honor to have Mark Green with us last week. But most of all, I was blown away by those of you that were here. And it was packed all the way into the last row on all the sections. And when I stood up, I just started crying because I just felt the overwhelming love of God in this place. The encouragement of believers in this place. That God is not finished with us yet. He's been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful in the future. It's always been about God. It's always been about God. I just couldn't help. All through the week, I was just crying, thinking about it. And and just, wow, God, wow, wow. And I was praying, Lord, what do I preach on my first Sunday as pastor? God said, I want you to preach on stopping to celebrate. You could preach on a new vision a new journey that we're going to do, a new thing we're going to do. But he said, I I would rather you just stop and celebrate. And I thought it was kind of appropriate that tomorrow is Labor Day, the day that our nation picked as a day of rest, a day to celebrate a job well done in our country for those who work hard and add to the prosperity of our country. And so today, the title of the sermon is Stop and Celebrate. Everybody say with me. Stop and celebrate. So Lord, we invite you into this place right now. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I dedicate this first sermon and every sermon here to you. It's always been about you. Lord, let it always be from you, through you, and to you. The glory, the honor, the praise. Holy Spirit, you've been moving in this service. Continue to move as you preach through me. Lord, I'm a vessel for you to use. Lord, I thank you that we would leave today refreshed, encouraged, challenged, and changed, God, for your glory, to become more like you. And God, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus', Jesus name, everybody said, amen. 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 We'll give your neighbor a high five, a hug, a kiss if you're married. <laughs> and if you have a Bible, turn to Psalm 136. We get louder than a Sooners game at church when we open up the word. Psalm 136, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is... His mercy endures forever. The New Living Translation says, His faithful love endureth forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. This is a chapter of praise. This is a chapter where David says, Hold up, let's stop and celebrate how good God's been. Every single scripture, he says something about giving thanks to God and reminding himself and all the believers with him that his mercy, God's mercy, his faithful love endures forever. He says, give thanks to him who does mighty miracles, who made the heavens, who placed the earth among the waters, who made the heavenly stars to rule the sun, rule the day and the moon and stars to rule the night. Give thanks to God. And then we get down to verse 23, where he remembered us in our weaknesses his faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. He gives food to every living thing. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. This last week I was praying about this message and thinking about how oftentimes we fail to stop and celebrate what God's doing along the way. Throughout the Bible, whether it was David or Solomon or Moses or Abraham or even Noah and Joshua, there were moments where they just stopped to celebrate God's faithfulness. When they crossed the Red Sea. Let's stop and celebrate. When they crossed the Jordan River. Let's stop and celebrate. When Solomon was made king. Let's stop and celebrate. When David became king. Let's stop and celebrate. It was moments. Mile markers to just say. God you've been so good. Jesus' first miracle was a time of celebration. It was a party. It was a wedding feast. Jesus enjoys Celebrations. He enjoys people that want to celebrate, not who come with always dread, doom, and gloom, fear, and sadness, but a sense of celebrating how good God's been. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Don't fall asleep on me, but imagine you're at a football game, and this football game is completely silent. You show up. Nobody's talking to each other in the stands. Nobody's cheering for either team. It's totally quiet, and then you realize there's no quarters It's just one long game. There's no halftime. There's no timeouts. There's no moments where the water comes out to the field to help nourish the players. It's just one long, sad, silent game. And then the game ends, and the team that you were rooting for wins. And instead of rushing the field or finally letting out one big, loud scream because you've been waiting all game, everybody just leaves and says, well, we still aren't at the championship yet. We're just going to have to wait till we get there to finally shout. That would be a sad team to be a part of. That would be a sad uh, uh, fan base to be a part of. Why? Because God wants us to celebrate the process. He wants to celebrate the progress in the process while we're finishing the projects. There's three Ps for you right there. (laughs) Celebrate the progress while you're in the process of finishing the projects. Celebrate the progress. Maybe you're not where... You want to be, but you're not where you used to be. Maybe you used to smoke three packs a day. Now you're down to one packet. Celebrate the progress. You're going to get to where you're not smoking at all. We're all going to celebrate with you. But you know what? Jesus would celebrate the progress that people were making. When Zacchaeus threw a party, he wasn't where he wanted to be, but he wasn't where he used to be. Jesus said, it's time to celebrate what God's doing in Zacchaeus. Peter, he celebrated Peter. He celebrated people's progress. So here's what we do as a church. We are a church that celebrates God's faithfulness. We're a church that celebrates the progress of what God's brought us to. And we're a church that celebrates the progress of individuals, how far they've come. You know, we want to celebrate you along your journey. I'm praying that you'll be patient with me as your pastor. I'm growing into this. Don't leave after the first play of the game. Don't be one of the... I'm telling you, there's going to be better plays in the next quarter, better sermons, better services... (laughs) But you know what? We've got to learn to enjoy the progress in the process of finishing the projects. I remember my, my mom and dad, they used to make a big deal about birthday parties. My dad would say, we're going to celebrate not just the day you were born, but the entire week and then some. He just liked celebrating. He liked the idea of celebrating. We're going to celebrate your half birthday when you're eight and a half. We're gonna, we may not be able to take you to Pizza Hut, but we're going to go on a walk and encourage you a lot. <laughs> he found a way to just bring a sense of celebration. And sometimes we as Christians miss this. And, and, and we get to a point of, I can't celebrate till I get to heaven. And yet, Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, he said... Pray that God's kingdom would come and His will would be done on earth. In other words, invite heaven to invade your life here on earth. You don't have to walk through blank on earth. You can choose to have heaven on earth. You can choose to invite the praise of heaven into your life. The celebration. of You know in heaven there's no crying. There's no bitterness. There's no anger. There's no resentment. There's no striving. There's just a sense of celebrating God. A sense of worshiping God. The idea, the word celebration, when you define it, it means to stop and reflect on something good. It means to observe and praise and extol something that just happened. So today, we're stopping to celebrate God's faithfulness to the church. Celebrating what happened last week. Before we rush into the next thing, we're just, Lord, you've been so good. Wow. Wow. I know there's things to do. I know there's projects to complete. I know we got to move forward, move forward, move forward. But it's like God saying, hold on, hold your horses. You can work the rest of your life. But right now, don't miss the Selah moment, the moment where you just stop, breathe in. God, you're good. God, you're so good. A couple weeks ago, I was on a missions trip and we were in Nicaragua with Compassion International and They sent a celebrity on our missions trip, Jeff Foxworthy. He's a comedian who talks about rednecks. And on the the missions trip, he started praying for us. He's a born-again, spirit-filled believer. Devoted Christian. Goes to church every week. Helps out at a homeless shelter there in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, he just started talking to me. He said, Paul, can I just share something with you? He wanted to hear my story. I said, sure. He said, close your eyes for a minute. He said, this is really what what God's doing for you right now. Because he was listening to the story of our church and stepping into this role. He said, it's like Daddy God. That's what he called God, was Daddy God. He said, it's like Daddy God just bought a brand new Harley Davidson. And he pulled up and he saw you on the side of the road, maybe as a hitchhiker or something. I'm like, where is he going with this? Is this a joke? And, And it's like Daddy God pulls over on the side of the road and says, Paul, Polly." hop on. I'm going to take you for a ride of your life. And it's like daddy God turns around and says, hold on and enjoy the ride. And when he said that, I just, I honestly started tearing up because I realized, you know, life and work and ministry and all of it, it's meant to be an enjoyable ride. He said, Paul, there's going to be hills that you're going up. And there's going to be hills that you're going down. And there's going to be plateaus. There's going to be all that. But just don't forget to enjoy the ride with Daddy God. And sometimes we forget that Daddy God has invited all of us on a ride. And sometimes we forget that he wants us to just hold on tight, whether we're going up a hill or down a hill, and enjoy the progress in the process of finishing the projects. Sometimes we're so focused on the finish line. We got to get there. Got to finish. Got to finish. Got to finish. That we forget to just take a time out and drink some water for a moment to renourish and replenish ourselves so we can finish this race. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Everybody say marathon, yeah. not, a not a sprint. And that's what he was saying. Ashley and I, we went on a drive, a. Uh, in our early, at first month of being married and we went to go to Texarkana to visit my grandma down there. This was five years ago. We were driving down to Texarkana and Ashley looks at the, the, the gas gauge and she says, Paul, the, the, the thing says E. She said, shouldn't we go and get gas? I said, no, I still got at least 40, maybe 50 miles left in here. Trust me, I know my car. I'm the man. Just submit. No, I'm just kidding. We were learning. We were growing. Ashley was... So trusting back then. Not that she's not trusting anymore, but she, she said, Paul, uh, okay, I trust you. She said, fine, you know, keep going, and we'll, I guess we'll find a gas station. I know you, honey. You know your car. You're going to get us there. I said, that's right. I got this. About 15 minutes later, 10 p.m., dark outside, right outside of McAllister State Prison, my car completely shuts down, no gas. It just shuts down. Ashley looks over at me, she goes, who was right? <laughs> you were, honey. You were. We had our phones that were still working and we found out the gas station was 16 miles away. We, we were so far from being able to push the car. We had to wait for an hour and a half for someone to come and help us out. But you know, I think about how sometimes in life. We, we try to, it's like this pressure to keep going without stopping to rest, to re- nourish, to recharge. And, and we think we know ourselves. And if we don't voluntarily stop to celebrate, our bodies will involuntarily force us to stop. I heard a story about Pastor Matthew Barnett. He pastors a great church in Los Angeles in the L.A. Dream Center. They, they started 20 years ago, been going faithfully strong for 20 years. And he said, Paul, this last year I was working super hard. You know, I I had this mindset that if I'm not in the church seven days a week, 24 hours a day, that it's not going to work well. So I was like, man, how do you do that? You know, he said, I I had to be there all the time and I had to do all the fundraising. I was the lead guy. I was the main person to make this thing work. And if I, you know, it all rested on me. And he said, I was doing a softball tournament to raise money for the LA Dream Center. And in the tournament, our team kept winning. He said, I got to the fourth game and my body was telling me just rest. Go home and rest. But he said this ministry mindset was telling me, no, you got to be, if you leave the game and people were saying, Pastor Matthew, you got to be here. We need you out here. And, and so he said he pushed himself. He played seven games that day. And in the seventh game, he couldn't finish because his body collapsed. They rushed him to the ER and the doctor said, you are just about to die today. He said there was a, Culinary, there was something in his body that went completely wrong because he had been pushing himself so hard, so strong. I don't know all the words for it medically, but he said, You're gonna be on bed rest for the next three months. Pastor Matthew's faith rose up. No, 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 I, I gotta go. I'm the only guy that can raise money. I, I don't know what'll happen to the attendance or the finances or or what. And the doctor said, Do you want to live longer or do you want to finish in the next few weeks? And Matt, Pastor Matthew said, I think I want to live longer. And he said, well, put some wisdom with your faith here. Wisdom says, give yourself some rest. He was so worried about it. But it was like God told him in the hospital, Pastor Matthew, it's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of things. He was worried everything was going to decrease. But he said something supernatural happened. In those three months that he was on bed rest, unable to travel, unable to do all the stuff that he was doing before, he said the finances at the L.A. Dream Center increased more than any other quarter in the last 20 years. He said the attendance went up higher than any quarter in the past. He said, do you guys even need me? (laughs) But what they told him was, Pastor, we want you to know God... Celebrates you being able to rest because we want you to finish your race. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Tom Brokaw said the greatest generation that was born, born in the 20s, 30s, they work so hard. They they understand pioneering, getting a job done. He said, What they need to be told is it's okay to take a rest. He said, The current generation needs to be told, go get a job. <laughs> that would be my generation. And, and so I want you to understand there's a ditch on both sides of this. There's a ditch of worshiping rest and leisure and play and not having a job or working at all. And then there's also a ditch of worshiping your job and never taking a break, a nap, a rest, a selah, a Sabbath. And I remember when we were in Israel, we were staying at this hotel a few years ago. We had gone there on a mission trip with our family and 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 something interesting happened. that Friday night, as the sun went down, it was like the entire city of Jerusalem stopped. These Orthodox Jews celebrated Sabbath so devotedly, so wholeheartedly. And and even the elevator in our hotel was pre-programmed to stop on every floor. Because part of taking the Sabbath for them is you can't push anything that uses electricity. You can't do any type of work so they would walk on and wait until it got to their floor. And I saw another elevator next to it that, uh, you know, I guess I'll call it the Jesus elevator because no one was in line for that one and, and it was for the Gentiles and I, I walked over there because I'm a Gentile and, and so got on the elevator and it was funny because a couple of the, the Jews got out of the line and came in behind me. Can you push floor number four for me? Can you push four? I was like, sure, Jesus paid it all, you know. And they, give me a break. They laughed with me. It was a fun moment there. But I thought about how Jesus came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to abolish it. He came to change everything. And Jesus even says in in Mark chapter 6, he's Lord of the Sabbath. As his disciples were picking grain on the Sabbath and they were eating and the Pharisees said, you're breaking rules on the Sabbath. Jesus said, wait, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. We look at God's rhythms of life and we see in Genesis 1 verse 1 through Genesis 2 through verse 3 that God worked six days and rested on the seventh. The Orthodox Jews celebrate it on Saturday. That is their Sabbath. As Christians, we see Sunday as the day that Jesus rose from the grave, being a day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But oftentimes in our culture, we forget what it looks like to truly stop and celebrate. That rest, that moment where you pause. And and I keep saying the word Selah, because Selah shows up 71 times in the Scriptures, in Psalms. How many of you have ever seen the word Selah in your Bible? And maybe you wondered, what does that mean? Selah means a pause. We just took a Selah. (laughs) It's a moment where you just stop. And you reflect on what just happened. And God instructed His people to do this often along the journey. Joshua crosses the the Jordan River. And before he goes into Jericho to conquer all the promised land, God says, hold on, hold on. This is a Selah moment. This is a moment to stop and remember and celebrate how faithful God's been along the journey. Sometimes we can get so caught up in driving forward that we miss those moments of just recharging, replenishing so we can finish the journey. Stopping and celebrating is for our own health. God instituted it, commanded it, because he wants us to be able to finish stronger and to be able to finish our race all the days that he commands us to live. So what would hold us back? What would be the things that would stop us from doing it? I want to just share with you real quickly four things. Number one, unhealthy pressure. There is a healthy pressure that causes us to step up and work hard, a pressure that says, you got to do this. You've got to go to work. you got to work hard so that way you can enjoy a rest. But then there's an unhealthy pressure that says you've got to sacrifice your marriage if you have to, sacrifice your family if you have to, sacrifice going to church if you have to, to go and keep your job. It's a job security unhealthy pressure. It's trying to compete with everybody and competing with even pagans who don't believe in God, who don't go to church. And you think, well, they're they're not going to church and they're working seven days a week. Yeah, but you're a Christian. And so your God is not J-O-B. Your God is capital G-O-D. You've got to release that unhealthy pressure and say, okay, I'm going to work hard, but I'm not going to make J-O-B my G-O-D. I'm not going to let this thing become more important Than Him. I'm not going to let my work be more important than my marriage, than the people that God's called me to love and minister and impart and mentor and bring up, my family. There's that unhealthy pressure that tries to stop us from being able to say law. And then the second thing is an unhealthy view of God. We think God is displeased if we stop working seven days. We think God's not happy with us if we take a short break to get some water. And yet we, ri- we, we, we miss that God was actually the one that instituted the seventh day rest. He instituted the idea of stopping to celebrate. So that way you can get more energy, get more strategy, get more vision. For the next day that you go out to work. And so sometimes that unhealthy view of God stops us from being able to celebrate. The third thing is Pharaoh. Now in the Old Testament, before the Israelites crossed over the Red Sea... They, anywhere and everywhere they went, had to answer to Pharaoh. Pharaoh ruled the Israelites there in Egypt. And today, our Pharaoh is our phone. We feel like we have to answer to it everywhere we go. Even on our day off, we're carrying the Pharaoh, the phone. And it tries to rule even Christians. Let's just be honest. Oftentimes, we can't take a day off when we have our phone in our pocket, Because every time it buzzes and our kids or our wife or whoever that God wants us to enjoy that moment with is waiting for us. And guys, this message is just as much for me as it is for you. So don't think I've arrived. Maybe this is why God told me to preach it. (laughs) My wife's like, amen. But something interesting happened to me this last year in February. I was at a Toby Mac concert and, and it was a winter jam, awesome Christian concert here in town. I was jumping up and down. And my phone that carries my email, carries all of my uh, ability to connect and minister to people anywhere and everywhere I go. All of a sudden it fell out of my pocket to the ground and somebody jumps up and stomps on it. They don't just break the front little thing that you can get fixed. They broke the whole phone. And I checked to see if I was up for an upgrade. I wasn't up for an upgrade for a long time. And it was like God was saying, Paul, this is a great time to enjoy your wife and your son, who's eight weeks old at the time, and, and just downgrade. So I did. I downgraded to a very cheap phone. Been using it for the last seven months. It's not fun. It's not. But you know what? It's caused me to be a lot more present when I'm at home. It's caused me to be a lot more focused with my wife and with my son. And we live in a culture that so idolizes and, and, and just brings so much almost just, yeah, idol worship to our phones. To that thing And, and it drives us it, If we're not using it as a God We're using it as a comparison Well someone else is doing what I wish I could be doing I wish I was there And we're missing the moments of what's happening right in front of us And Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 15 says I recommend the enjoyment of your life In other words You can't enjoy somebody else's life Looking at it on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter God wants you to enjoy your life Put it down and enjoy your life Enjoy your wife Enjoy your husband Enjoy your children. And so those things try to stop us. The fourth thing is eye problems. Eye problems. A culture where we make it all about us. We take the credit for good or bad. If things are going good, it's because I've been doing everything. If things are going bad, it's because I've not been doing enough. And like I said, there's a balance. Working hard but remembering that God is the source. In the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, Paul. Not in the beginning, Ashley. Not in the beginning, Pastor Sharon, Pastor Billy Joe. In the beginning, God. And at the end, God. And in the middle, God. And in the first quarter, God. And in the second quarter, God. In the third quarter, God. In the fourth quarter, God has this church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, that's not an excuse to not work at all and just be lazy and say, Well, it's all God, so I'm not going to work. No, what it is is I'm going to work hard. I'm going to give it my all, but I'm not going to let this thing become all about me, good or bad. I'm going to always seek God, trusting in God, shifting the focus off I in your family, in your business, in whatever it is that, that, that's uh, trying to put all the pressure on you to not be able to stop and celebrate and enjoy the Selah moments that God wants you to have. So how do we do this? And and these aren't really points. These are just some thoughts, some content for you to think about. Before I say how, why should we stop and celebrate? I think it's because God wants us to shift our worry into worship. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus tells uh, his disciples, why are you so worried about tomorrow? Why are you so worried about, don't you see God takes care of the sparrows? He's going to take care of you. He wants us to shift from worry to worship. He wants us to mirror God's rhythms, work well, rest well, give it all you got, take a good rest, take a good day to just soak in God's faithfulness. Why should we stop to celebrate? So we can finish our race strong, so we can finish our race strong. Next one is this, when we stop to celebrate and and really enjoy what God's done, it brings more favor for our future. It brings more favor for our future. I want the worship team to come up because this is really what this is all about. Oftentimes, God does something good and we just keep going forward. We just keep going on to the next project, the next campaign, the next thing we got to do. And God's saying, wait a minute. Where was the Selah moment? Where was the moment where you paused for just a good moment to worship and celebrate how awesome God's been? In Luke 17... These ten lepers, they're waiting to get healed. And Jesus tells them, okay, you're going to get healed as you go and show yourself to the priest. All ten of them take off. They start to notice a change in their body. The leprosy is going away. Leprosy was such a bad disease, it had isolated them from any of their friends or family. It's, it's finally disappearing. We can finally go do what we want to do. Go to the places we need to go. Finish the projects that we started before the leprosy came. And all of them take off to go do it. Except for one. Wait a minute. Something something just happened. It wasn't me. It was God. I, I can't move forward. i got to turn around and say thank you. Thank you. Th-
1: Jesus, thank you. Thank you for healing me.
0: Thank you for saving me. Jesus, thank you for doing this work in my life wow 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 he literally flung himself at the feet of Jesus fell on his knees we're talking extravagant worship and Jesus says hold on hold on hold on where's the other nine I don't I don't know I guess they they had projects to keep going on. They had, they had stuff to do, people to see, places to go. They're busy. I mean, they got to answer to all the messages they've missed over the last few, they're trying to catch up. They're, they're looking at everyone else who's ahead of them. They're trying to catch up. I don't know where the other nine went. We really don't see that in the scripture, but my mind speculates that they were too busy to stop and celebrate the moment. And Jesus says, listen, this is too good to pass up because you stop." to celebrate the miracle you stopped when you could have gone on and done more work you just stopped for a moment to just soak and bask in the praise report not only is your body going to be healed but sozo is coming to you today sozo means salvation that day a Samaritan man Jesus came for the Jews he told them I'm coming for my people but in that moment Jesus broke the rules and said okay Your stopping and celebrating just changed the. It was a game changer. You're walking away with salvation. Those guys walked away with healing. You're walking away with. You got the whole package. When we stop to celebrate, it's stewarding the body God gave us, it's stewarding the opportunities God gave us, it's stewarding the favor God's brought our way. It's just being a good steward. Rather than just going on to the next thing, next thing, next thing, and never stopping to have recharge moments where you just thank God. And that's what it does. A stopping and celebrating moment, it's not a time waster. It's a recharge moment. It's in You being at church is a moment where you're just saying, God, thank you for this week. Did you know you don't have to wait till something good happens to have a Selah moment? Selah moments happen during the good and the bad. Paul and Silas had a Selah moment in the prison cell. They decided, I know we're going through a difficult season, but this can't shut up our praise. This can't shut up a moment to just give God glory and honor. And when they did... It changed everything. The prison doors flung open. You might be one praise, say moment away from having a breakthrough in that legal situation you're walking through, in that health situation. I know things are tough. I know it's been a long time since you just smiled and just released some joy into the atmosphere. But I'm telling you, as you start to do that, the breakthrough is on the way. The Selah praise sets you up for a miracle in your future. And so what do we do here? What do we do? Where do we go from here? Just to bring this all to a close, as we stop and celebrate, I want to encourage you to have fun on this journey with God. Make memories. Make memories on your days that you take a moment to rest. Ashley and I went on a bike ride last week on our day of rest. We took little Liam in a little baby carriage behind us in the bike. You know what? It's healthy. It's good. I'm going to talk about that kind of stuff because we need to hear it in this church. It's okay to stop and celebrate the goodness of God every week of your life. Don't miss a week where you don't just pause. Some say, well, you can't do that until you're 65 and then you retire. Then you get to sell. What if Jesus comes back before then? What if I don't pause enough and I don't make it till... No, I've got faith. I'm going to make it long because I'm going to celebrate God in the progress of the process, finishing the project. I'm not going to wait till it's all done. I'm not going to wait till I'm 60. I'm not going to wait till my body involuntarily puts me in the hospital. No, it will not happen. I'm going to pause every week and say, Thank you, God. You've been good. Now I'm going to be a good steward of this body you gave me. And take a rest today and just bask in the praise report. You are faithful. I want us to stand up all over this place because God celebrates this idea called rest. Tomorrow, some of you who've worked hard get to have a Labor Day moment. Don't miss it. Don't be working on your day off. Enjoy the day God's given you. If you have to, read a book, go trim some weeds in the backyard. Everybody rests differently. My mom, her way of rest because her mind is constantly going, she goes in the backyard and just trims weeds, just cuts bushes. And that's her way of just relaxing. Some people, they like to go for a run, go on a bike ride, something to just get your mind off of trying to work every single day, every single hour, and getting that, that balance. Lord. As I finish my job, and even in the progress of the process, I'm going to celebrate what you're doing in each mile marker. I'm going to celebrate it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Jesus is reminding us of that scripture in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who are weary, heavy burdened, exhausted, trying to do it all by yourself. Come to me and find rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light pace yourself, this is a marathon not a sprint, you have the rest of your life to keep working but don't miss the Selah moments that God provides us with don't miss the moment where God says pause and celebrate and just enjoy His favor I'm going to ask no one to be moving except for those that are going to come to this altar call because this is going to be a day of change in your body, in your mind, and in your heart. And we will dismiss in just a few minutes. Golden Corral will still be open. (laughs) But don't miss this moment. I'm going to sit at that piano for a few minutes and we're just going to have a Selah praise. And while we do. God's going to start drawing some of you to a place of humility, a place of brokenness, a place of refreshing to just say, okay, I need to better pace myself. I need to get some things right with daddy God today. I've been trying to carry too much on my own. Or maybe God's saying it's time to go out so that you can enjoy a rest. Go out and work hard so that you can enjoy that rest. But today's a day of change, a day of challenging and refreshing In the presence of God. So with heads bowed and eyes closed. As I get ready to play and worship for a few minutes. And then we'll dismiss. If you feel like God is speaking to you today. Maybe things aren't right between you and God. Maybe you've backslidden a little bit. But today's a day of turning. And we're going to celebrate just the progress that you're here today that you're turning back to God. Maybe today you're, you're right with God, but your body, your, your, your life has been unrestful. You haven't even been able to sleep more than a few hours each night because your mind is constantly working, constantly working, constantly working. And God's saying there's an unhealthy pressure that's trying to steal years of your life. And today's a day to change, to just receive the grace and celebration of rest that God wants to give you today. If that's you, I want you to just start making your way down to this altar. Or maybe you're in a storm right now, and everything inside you wants to shut down your praise. But right here, right now, you're going to turn it into a moment of just focusing on God. That's it. Just come out from your seats. Worship it right where you're at.
1: still and I know that you are God you are God and I am not you are God
0: come on church let's just worship him for a moment
1: Say the church. We're going to celebrate. We worship you, got. Me. Shout Shout God. Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Shout out to, to God with the voice grace. of praise. Shout out to God with the, the voice of The voice is in the drums, sing it out. Shout unto God with the voice of trial. Lord, we worship you. You are faithful. You are worthy. You are awesome.
0: You are mighty God you've been so good God you've been so good God it's always from you through you to you be the glory honor and praise